Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year And to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hey, listeners, I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like O'Teal Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the Fab Foe, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out magicalmysterycamp.com slash helpingfriendly to learn more. Hey, everybody. This is the Helping Friendly Podcast. I am here with Brian. Hey, Brian. Jonathan, how are you, my man? (laughs) I'm doing pretty good. RJ had to go do things because he's a man who does things. Uh, (laughs) But we are thrilled to be here. Uh, We are presented by Shift Genuine Cannabis, and we want to thank them uh, for allowing us to be here to talk to you about fish. But more importantly, today, this week, we're talking about Trey Anastasio band because Trey's out on tour. It's been good. It's been eventful. Stuff to talk about. There's stuff to talk about, and uh, yeah, we we were trying to figure out. You know, we're in that the in between period between fish tours right now. Part of the reason we came back was to cover fish tours, but there's more stuff that's happening in between fish tour. And one of those things is Tab is out on tour. It's their first tour, I believe. Since winter 2020, I think that they did a tour prior to the pandemic. I, I could be totally off there, but I think that they did like a couple January shows. Um, obviously, the Beacon Jams happened last year, and there's been quite a few somewhat regrettable 
definitely regrettable changes that have happened within the band. Obviously, Tony Markellis passed on uh, earlier this year. Um, some band lineup switches. But there's also been some really interesting music that has come out of this Tab Tour that we wanted to cover. Um, Jonathan, I know you were at one of the shows. We'll get into that. But uh, on the whole, I'm just going to come out and say it. This is, to me, the most interesting Tab Tour since uh, summer 2003. I have absolutely loved the music that has come out of this band over the last week to 10 days, and I'm really excited to hear what we've got in the final week of tour. What, what are kind of your larger thoughts on the tour? Well, I mean, this one has really got my attention. Um, Trey lost no steam after Fish Tour coming out with these guys. Um, unfortunately, James Casey had to sit out this tour. He has some health issues, yeah. and we wish him all the best. Yes. And, you know, healing energies to get through that so he can be back with us out on the on the road when is appropriate. Um, but, you know, they've the train is rolling, and it is really rolling. Um, they started up in Portland, and they brought out a, another sax player. Coach Emmy on saxophone, he is great. I'm just going to say, you can hear it on the tapes, but I really, really picked up on it firsthand, listening to his Barry sax during, I think it was MoMA dance or something. It was just, I don't know, it was something in the first set. I couldn't tell you which song it was anymore, because I don't take notes at shows anymore. I don't live tweet from shows. I did send out like one picture and a couple tweets at set break and stuff, but um, phone's in my pocket. We're dancing, and this show... I danced through every single song except for Love is What We Are, which is a nice like three-minute break <laughs> to sit down, catch yeah. your breath, and listen. And uh, uh, it felt so good to get out there and do that. I didn't see any of the fish this summer. Uh, so it, it was just about one of my first shows back. Um, certainly my first time seeing Trey, and it was it was a blast. And I think having gone back through these shows – pretty consistently great like there's hot stuff throughout do we want to take it from the top or yeah i think we we can jump into it i'll i'll just say like i i saw trey i saw trey band in uh, august 2019 they they helped open up this amazing venue out here in denver called the mission ballroom um which is comparable to the Anthem in DC for those of you on the East Coast who have seen a show there. But, um, you know, my biggest takeaway was my first time seeing Tab since June 6, 2002. Uh, and the 2002 tour is just, it's a stunning, stunning Tab tour. There's 38 minute long songs scattered across pretty much every single show. Um, this was a very different Tab. It felt like to me, as someone who hasn't followed Tab's every note you know, in between fish tours and whatnot for a variety of reasons. It, I felt a lot of joy seeing the show. It seemed like Trey had really gotten this band to be extremely tight. And it almost felt like he was in a position where he had this big late seventies, eighties arena rock band that just has like full on sound, every single song, everything, like you said, like gets you out of your seat, has you dancing, nothing in the way of like deep experimental improv. And this tour for someone reassessing and re-listening to tab has kind of been played and we'll get into it in, in two halves in a, in, in a lot of ways because of, um, the horn section testing positive for COVID and needing to sit out for the remainder of the tour. But even prior to them leaving, you heard the experimentation that Trey had applied to fish with his new effects bleeding into tab in a way that I haven't heard in a long, long time. Um, and, and has really excited me from literally the, the start of the tour and the tour started in Portland, I believe on September 17th. Um, I had a couple of friends who were at that show and this was a really kind of cool introduction to the Trey show. I had a buddy shout out to Josh Carver at Nola socks, uh, who was at the show and was tweeting and, 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 or was texting me throughout the show. Just basically like, wow, this is the freshest I've heard tab in years. And when I went back to re-listen tracks like Ocelot 
Everything's Right, Jabu, Curlew's Call, and The Moma Dance, which was a surprise carryover from the Beacon Jams, uh, really just like struck me as this is a kind of looser band. They're still really tight. They've got that groove down, but like they were letting sections breathe that they wouldn't have in the past. And, and that just excited me from the first moment I heard it. Yeah, you know, I... I went into the show that I saw, Charlottesville, which is uh, the 22nd, so I think there were four shows ahead of it. I think you're right. Um, and I went in cold. I didn't listen. I saw people talking about it, and oh, yeah, it's great. It's great. Good. Good. I was excited. Went in. I have not seen Trey, the Trey band, I should say. Um, I don't even know. I, 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 It might be like a classic tab tour before Fish came back. It wow. might be that long. Um just other than Ghosts of the Forest, I yeah. will, you know, I did see that. But uh, just, you know, timing and place and whatnot come into play, uh, as life will. But uh, so it felt fresh, like fresh as hell for me. But at the same time, the energy was just, it was huge. Uh, I, I was really surprised. And yeah, listening to snippets, I didn't, I went back this weekend and listened to bits of each of the shows. I couldn't, I didn't. I don't know about you, but I didn't have time to listen to all of these shows uh, because life. Um, but I selected a few songs from every show, and some of the songs that I knew they were playing regularly, I listened to every time they played it. Like, I listened to every version of Carini, which, yeah. by the way, let's take note, they're playing Carini on this tour. They're playing a bunch of Fish songs on this tour, and they're they're good. Um, uh, that Portland show ends with a twist that, you know, it's, it's fire. It, it is, is a great rock show at closer. Has, has fish ever closed a show with twist? We need some sort of experts on here to know that, but I think the closest they've come is, um, uh, I'm just thinking too offhand. They, they closed set two of new year's 2015 with a really rocking twist. And I believe it was, really strangely placed in the uh, most shows spell something show. It might've been the final song of the encore. You know, they spelled out most shows spell something, but they did it backwards. And I think that it was the final track of the encore, but that was like, it's not like a regular selection is, is your point and, and you're right. Yeah. I would not have predicted that by any means. And it sounds great. Um, the other, the other one that I listened to that, you know, they played, Every other night, maybe. Um, Money, love, and change. Uh, for this one, you know. Oh, and Camel Walk is another one I, I sampled quite consistently. And Camel Walk just the arrangement for this band for that song is outstanding. It is and possibly superior to what Fish is doing, with the exception of the summer's really big version. You're not going to knock that. Yeah, they're they're just playing so well. I, I don't know if we need to go show by show, but I will say, because I, I, I just want to be all over the map with this, Desron on the bass is killer. I mean, knew he was a great player coming into this, knew he had some, you know, big gloves to fill, um, but he, uh, you know, he holds down the steady groove where appropriate, where you need it on some of these songs like, say, Sand, but he's also not afraid to fill. Um, yeah. and he's bringing some more, he's just bringing more. He's a great player. And I think that as he gets off book, cause I did notice at Charlottesville, he did have, you know, the iPad had some charts in front of him and God bless him. These are, there are some, some of these songs are simple, yeah. relatively speaking. Some of them are very much not. Um, so, you know, guys, guy needs some charts. Good for him. He sounds great. You wouldn't know by listening that he is following along on a chart because he's he's good. He's a pro, and uh, I think as he as I was saying, as he gets more comfortable in this role, and I think it's happening very quickly. Yeah, he's going to be a huge contributor to this sound. If he hasn't, you yeah. could argue that he is already, right? Yeah, I mean, I'd I'd love to stick on the Desron point because like. I first heard him on the album Force Majeure, which I'm guessing you heard as well in 2020. It was a experimental jazz record that came out of um, he and his partner, Brandy Younger. Uh, she just put out a fantastic record as well. Um, 
solo record in her own right. They collaborated through the New York City lockdown and played a bunch of live shows from their apartment um, streaming out. There you've got it. I knew you'd had it. I knew you would have it. That's amazing. Streaming out to the world during the uh, spring 2020 New York City lockdown. Uh, that record, Force Majeure, came out, I believe, last fall. I think it took a couple of months for it to come out. But it was one of my favorites towards the tail end of the year and like does a really good job of just summarizing the vibe of spring 2020 in a way that you want to revisit, which is not something that many people would say about spring spring 2020 with anything. Um, well put. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, Tony Marcellus, um, the man was tab like the man, his baselines were so simple and so repetitive in a way that was absolutely necessary for that band. Like there is nobody who could have played sand better than him. Even Mike Gordon, like the way that Tony just held those songs down, kept them so rooted so that Trey could build this orchestral sound over it. And if you listen to my favorite era of tab, which is Oh one to Oh three, there's so much happening in like the skies and it's all because Tony's just keeping everything rock solid. And that, like you said, those are huge gloves to fill. You can think of it as simplistic. I would think of it as, you know, he was doing the true job of what a bassist is supposed to do. That all said, the re- the appeal of Desron is that he not only knows how to hold it down, but he also, like you said, he goes kind of off chart at times. And it seems to have done something to Russ and Ciro and even Ray to a certain extent where they, they feel a little bit loose, a little bit more loose, a little bit um, like they can kind of go off book a little bit as well, which has led to this. And we'll get into this here, but like this fusion in the first week or so of tour between very tight by the book. Um, but you know, that that King Sunny Day sound that Trey talked about in in Alive Again, where it just it sounds welcoming, it sounds like you just want to dance to it, no matter if it goes twenty five minutes and goes through all these modulations or sticks to a sixteen minute pretty straight in the same sort of key, but like m- you know minor experimentations here and there, that type of sound like. <clears throat> signified kind of the best aspects of the first week and a half of tour to now where it seems as though the band is able to, seems like they've gotten the go ahead from Trey, do what you will follow me, but also let me follow you. And that's created this stew of sounds from the train Anastasio band that I don't think any of us have heard since at least to the 2006 fall tour. Um, but as a full band, uh, with Russ and Ray since 2003. And it's just this like fresh approach to their music that, um, you know, as, as sad as we are to have lost Tony and as regret regrettable as it is to have lost, um, two musicians for the remainder of the tour, three musicians, I should say for the remainder of the tour due to this pandemic that's ongoing, it's created a style and a sound of music that uh, is very addictive and very, very much caters to re-listening. It's exactly right. They're they're able to go out and get down, and it's made for some very. It's just exciting music. It's exciting music. I'm wondering, uh, you know, want to get into talking uh, kind of in detail about Charlottesville. Yeah. Um, get into some of the jams, you know, that, from this whole tour that we've really liked. But do you think we should take a minute and hear from our uh, sponsors at Shift Genuine Cannabis? It's always a good idea. What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. 
All right, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna just bore you, Brian, here with my uh, story about Charlottesville. Please uh, do. First, I got in the car. No, kidding. Um, it was very exciting to uh, just yeah, honestly just to get out to a show. As I yeah. mentioned, I haven't been to. You know, I saw my friend's band play. I saw Garcia Peoples a couple weeks ago in Charlottesville, also. Um, but that was uh, that was small, tiny thing. This was a uh, pretty well attended. Uh, the threat of rain was looming very large. Uh, it had been kind of crappy on and off all day. Had a miserable drive down. Get there, the power's out in the parking garage, which meant free parking. Uh, the for folks who don't know, in Charlottesville, the pavilion is at the end of, you know, the old like Main Street pedestrian mall scene. So oh, cool. you know, you park. You can, you know, it's just a paved street with seating for you know the bars and restaurants in the middle, and at the very end of the the thing. There's a pavilion, mm. and I get there. Trace sound checking. Um, I didn't take notes, but great, you know, great sounding stuff outside. You could hear very well. Just walk right up, little line. Met up some people. Got in. They started uh, nice and early. Showtime was seven. They started around seven fifteen. Uh, I think it was because of fear of the rain mm. and you know storms and whatnot. Uh, just try to get as much music in as possible. I'm glad they did. They went to town. They played a lot of songs. Um, but good ones. They opened with a blaze on. It was ripping, just hot, straight out of the gates. Olivia in rounds, all fun. Mozambique alive again. Got a good, good response from everybody. Uh, I, I really enjoying all of this. In I'm going to back up to in rounds. I really like the arrangement of that. Uh, the horns taking their turns as they do in that. Uh, it's just great track for this band. Really good performance. Um, again, MoMA, it's like, oh, they're playing fish songs. I kind of knew they had been playing fish songs, right. but at the same time, hearing it was um, it was pretty cool. Uh, weird. It's weird to hear Trey sing those parts, right, <laughs> that he doesn't necessarily <laughs> sing with fish. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, but it was cool. Set Your Soul Free was huge. Like, it was really, it was, it was not super long. It's 11 and a half minutes, but it was just a big vibe. Um place was just jumping as i mentioned earlier i had a nice breather during love is what we are a beautiful song yeah like really lovely song um and then camel walk and i want to say something about this camel walk that when i looked up you know on live fish the next day and saw that it was under six minutes <laughs> how was that under six minutes i was i was dancing my ass off and it was great but it, you could have told me it was 15 minutes. I would have been like, yep, yeah, sounds right. I was I was in there. It, it's not a deep jam. It's not a type two nothing and you know, none of any of that. It's just- There's enough going on below the surface that you're like sick fooled in the moment <laughs> to be like, oh, there's, we've got to be around 10 minutes. And then you go back, you're like, wow, there was so much happening. It's just lost in the moment. I really just enjoyed dancing to that. Um, about to run, you know, I saw Ghost in the Forest and we've heard Fish do it. And I know this song, one of my friends was not that familiar with it. And I was like, just Trey's going to shred, just be cool. And he did. He ripped a hole in the place. It was so good to hear and to really hear that, um, the new Trey tone just kind of just tear the room apart on that song in person. That was, that was amazing. Um, and then Muddy Love and Change, great closer, good times, uh, always a fun song. I've seen epic version of this in the past. This wasn't maybe that, but it was really good. Um, it's one of those songs yeah. that like has consistently stuck with Tab, and like yeah. like I saw a twenty five minute version back in two thousand and two. They're not doing that now, but like the groove of that song. It's like Night Speaks to a Woman. Like those are just two classic right. tab songs that I don't care how long or how short they play them. They just like they they bring up an era of tab that is my favorite and they could play eleven minutes of Money Love and Chains and you get all your forgive the pun, all your money's worth. Yeah, you do. Uh, I, I mean, I saw a like thirty nine minute version of it once uh, <laughs> a long time ago. Like a really long time yeah. ago. Um but um, uh, I didn't get it that this time, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, they, Jabu, more fish. Uh, Karini, though. I want to talk about Karini. Uh, second song 
in the second set. Dark as you'd expect, heavy, and it jams. I feel like it gets out, um, and it was really just stellar, stellar stuff. Uh, this is like not what I expected to hear from Tab, and I don't mean the song. I'm open to any song, but you know I commonly talk about expectations and not carrying them into the show with you. So I, I do my best to live that, and definitely was here. I didn't expect anything, and I got a dark, sick Carini. The horn lines, there's there's bits, I'm sure, improvised, not charted horn lines coming at, through this version, probably all of them. I don't, I don't know how they arrange these things, but it's outstanding. Go listen to it, y'all. Um, Ether Sunday... And then during Valentine, it started to pour. Mm. It was actually right before Valentine. And there's a line in there about the rain coming down or something. And yeah, everybody was rushing in. Most people were inside the pavilion. In fact, the pit, which is a large, unseated GA pit, uh, was packed mm. from what I could see in the back, <laughs> out of the crowd. Uh, but yeah, people started rushing in as the rain poured down. And Trey gave us some notice of it. He was, you know, sings a song about rain coming down. And then, uh, yeah, Rise Come Together, Curly's Call. I love that song. I haven't heard that in, I don't know. So good. I don't even know. And uh, Ghost. I will say the arrangement for Ghost didn't quite hang together the way you'd hope. Uh, Once I got past the initial bit, they grooved on it pretty well. Uh, but the arrangement didn't hang together that well. Agree. Uh, Life Beyond the Dream for the encore. And then we we thought, sure, we are getting our first tube. Just absolutely. It's first tube, right? It's first tube? Yeah, yeah. Nope. Boom. Sand. 12-minute <laughs> sand. Just holy cow. Great. I mean, this is just so much fun. Great playing. Some exploring. Sand has some of that, too. You got to check that out. What a good band. And then, you know, they go from there, they go to, was it uh, Wilmington, North Carolina? Yep. And after that, another good show. They're all, they're all good. Lots of, mm, lots of songs in that first set by, at Wilmington. Good material. And then we hear after that that uh, Jennifer Hartswick has tested positive for COVID. Hope she's doing fine. Um, and there will be no more horns for the remainder of the tour. I know you alluded to that earlier, uh, but that changed things up. Yeah, I want to just say really quickly before we jump into the music, like Trey has been on tour for the last two months, essentially. And they are one of the biggest bands that are touring right now. They are not the only band that is touring right now. Um, it is amazing in the climate that we're in that they were able to avoid a positive case until now. And I think it's really admirable. Uh, I don't want to put any blame on anyone. You, you know that this band is doing everything possible to stay safe and to stay on the road because it's not just them. It's not just us talking about and listening to the music, but it is people working at the venue. It is promoters. It is everyone back behind the scenes that none of us ever think about or have any inter interaction with who were, who rely on a band like this touring. Um, absolutely incredible that it went two months without a single positive test case and absolutely incredible that they have the infrastructure and the planning in place that if a band member who's on stage with him night to night tests positive, they're able to continue the tour. That is just, I don't know how they're organizing this, but it reminds me of this happened to Dave Matthews band. I think at the gorge where Carter and Stefan yep. uh, tested positive and the band still played. And then they rejoined them a week later. Like, whatever they're doing at red light is just uh, amazing and innovative and just like the show goes on. So yeah, they, th we, we heard that news afternoon on Saturday. And I know that like a lot of the conversation online, we talked about this kind of over Slack was, you know, you obviously hope that this never happens. This changes the tour in a lot of cases. And it seems that 
the structure of the band plus potentially a kind of another wake up call of, Hey, this could be ripped away from you at any second has put Trey in a position where he is bringing a ton of creativity, a ton of ideas and a ton of freedom to his performances that were completely signified by that 16 and a half near nearly 17 minute 46 days that opened the show in Charlotte. Yeah. And that, that set five song set, that was all the talk the next morning, five song set from tab and it's hot. Everything is, you know, 12 (laughs) minutes or longer times don't matter. The jams matter. Uh, 46 days open-ended just ripping jam the way I feel. All right, let's start this groove. Let's go with it. Blaze on rock song. Let's jam it out. Camel walk. Actually, camel walk probably has the, the has one of the more complicated arrangements of anything yeah. in this set. Maybe although ghost too is a bit tricky as we noted earlier. Um, and both of those, you know, they stretch them out and, there's good feel, there's great playing, and real connection on stage. And I, I mean, what else could you ask for? Yes, you could ask for horns. It would be nice to have the horns with Trey Anastasio Band. But I mean, just listening to this, it's it's really fucking great music, man. It's really good, and it, it you know the interesting thing about it, like. The goal of Fish has always been from an improvisational standpoint, kind of in line with um, like what King Crimson uh, pushed forward in the sense of like, we're never going to have someone out front soloing. And Train Stasio Band offers kind of a different idea from what Fish offers, where if Fish is going to jam, it's because Trey throws out a line, Paige picks up on it, Mike picks up on it, Fish picks up on it, and they kind of go around in circles in terms of who's leading, who's communicating this next set of ideas, but it's very democratic. It's clear in Trey and Stasio Band that like, this is Trey jamming and and he's being followed. And that's that's a very different sound from what you would get in Fish. And in some ways, like as I'm listening back to this, just hearing Trey rip for 15 minutes and have no concerns about we need to bring this back to a solid conclusion because the horns have to have this, you know, big peak to end this song. There's there's a loose sound checky um, kind of, you know, improv uh Like it's almost like improv practice in a sense, you know, in in the sense of like, this is Trey warming up for fish tour and he's doing it in front of people with really world-class musicians. And I also just want to throw out like from this Charlotte show, Ocelot seems to have a completely new life with this band. Desron seems to explore the, the baseline of that song. Like I've never heard before. Um, got a Jaboo from the Charlotte show really is like the the song that gets out there in the second set. And it all carried over to the Asheville show uh, last night as of recording, where you've got Everything's Right, an 11-minute stealing time from the faulty plan, and a 20-minute MoMA dance that legitimately jams in in a way that, like, by the end of it, they're in a completely new song. It's it's incredible. Yeah, it. It's it's really kind of fascinating, and again, uh, I want to I want to say the uh, before I double back to respond to something you said, uh, the I never needed you like this before. Again, you get Trey in an interesting spot doing, you know, wanting to, his the missing his backing vocalists uh, and singing something that he doesn't usually sing yeah. in a song, and um, but uh, which is kind of I don't know. It's unfortunate that he has to do it. Uh, at the same time, part of me is just like, oh, it's cute. It's endearing. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to Trey go at the, you know, try to get those words in there. Um, but I wanted to respond to something you said about the jamming and, you know, listening to Trey go off. And this actually ties back to some earlier thoughts about Tony, you know. Yeah. If you go back to the original Trey Anastasio electric acoustic tour where this band first was taken out. I think there was some stuff in, in Burlington, but where they first- Are you thinking like 1999? Yeah, yeah. I'm 
talking specifically 1999, where, you know, Sand, Got a Jaboo, that material debuted. And, you know, we had Russ and Tony in a lock groove and Trey going to town. Um, this isn't that, because this is far more uh, collective jamming. It's not like Fish, where, you know, as you described, like the, you know, the passing the hay or whatever, you know, there's those types of jams that Fish is uniquely qualified to achieve. Uh, it's not like that, uh, but, you know, it is definitely uh, communicative jamming. He does hand off leads, you know, he'll give the nod to Ray and Ray will go to town for a while. And, uh, you know, Ciro will, will produce some sort of uh, sound that will trigger a reaction from Trey, a musical reaction from Trey. And, you know, they are really putting out there, but, you know, it, it isn't just Trey going off, and, and, right. but I, I love it. And he's having, he's clearly having a great time musically with these guys. And you're right, it is like a little like practice He's going to be having to lock in with a different set of guys in a few weeks, but he's going to be still warm and ready to go. So uh, all in all, I think this bodes well for the upcoming fall tour, as long as everybody can stay healthy. Because we are, as somebody has noted, we are like one test away from problems with the fall tour. We are. Um, Not to be that guy, but... Let's, you know, let us all let's recognize, you know, they're working hard to keep safe. We all also need to be doing our parts to keep ourselves safe. Um, and uh, and so we can keep experiencing this great music. Yeah, it's it's so true. And I think that it like it's a good moment to kind of reflect as, as you know, where we're sitting here. I think we have five or six more of these as we're, as we're, you know, coming down into fall tour and we'll be analyzing kind of where the band was hopefully at during fall tour. I I think it's important to like step back and think about we've had two months of music between fish and now tab to analyze and all of that music. We didn't know what kind of bands we were getting after an 18 month layoff that was unplanned and, you know, not intended by any by any means by the band members. Um, we got some really great music and I, I, I would argue, you know, between fish and between tab. Now we're hearing two different bands that are tapping into the best aspects of their past while also really pushing to evolve further. Um, quick digression to say that the song evolve is just amazing on this tour. And I absolutely love it. Yes. And I would, I would love to hear more. Oh yes. I'm so, I'm glad you brought it up because I was listening to it this morning and I was like, Oh God, I love that song. This is really working here. (laughs) But, but, but you're absolutely right to say like, this could end at any moment and, and, and we could be facing what a lot of other fan bases and a lot of, you know, other people just like in day-to-day lives of are, are facing of like, Hey, you have these plans, you have these ideas, these hopes, and then it's gone because one positive test. So we're in a really like, it's important to just like take a step back and say like, we're so lucky to have this music. The other thing I wanted to say, I was just, I just looked this up um, because I remembered it from last year, the November 20th version of the beacon jams. I think it was the penultimate night of the beacon jams was classic tab night. And, you know, camel walk opened alive again was played Petrichor, money, love and change Olivia curlew's call. It was the night Harry hood was played. It was the Heather McDougal night burlap sack and pumps. Uh, goodbye head and then push on to the day, close things out a bunch of other songs within there as well. But I remember watching that and just hearing classic tab that night and hearing this like band that I fell in love with 20 years ago. And I think about how lucky we are that we had that show with Tony and that Tony was at the beacon gyms and that we had the opportunity to really hear from him you know, on a musical standpoint for what would be really the last time. And now 10 months later, hearing this band that 
is picked up from what that band was and is bringing it further and bringing it forward amidst all this chaos and darkness and uncertainty. It's just, I feel, I feel really lucky to be hearing the music that we're hearing right now and to be hearing an artist who is dealing with reality and dealing with changing times and is producing music that we'll be listening to for years on end. I don't really have like a great big point here. It's just, it's just, it's amazing to be in this moment with so much that is changing day to day and to hear Trey continue to push himself musically. It's just, it's so inspiring. It's great to hear. I also want to add, uh, you know, on that note about Tony and the, the beacon jams, one of the other really great things that certainly took for granted, I think during the beacon jams, which is also really nice that we got to, hear and see some of Tony as a person, some of his personality, totally his music, uh, because, you know, he had some jokes and commentary and things through that, that were, um, you know, it's just nice for us to get that opportunity to hear from him. Agree. So, um, but let's, let's get serious and specific about jams, (laughs) right? Let's, uh, we've talked about jams. I've shouted out a few things. You've mentioned a few things, but like looking back at this, what is this? Eight shows we have so far as of, you know, recording this here on Monday. Um, what's your pick? What's the one that you would take? And if you could, if you could only have one to take with you through the next couple of years, as you mentioned, as you say. Which one is it? Yeah, I think, you know, and I want to be clear, like I, I've loved what the horns brought like this, this tour. If, if we had never, if we had never had the last two shows, this tour would have been really, really exciting with the horns. But the performance that has really hit me over the head was the God of Jabu from uh, Charlotte, North Carolina on uh, Saturday, September 25th. Um, I haven't heard a Jabu like that in a long, long time. I know that Fish jammed out Jabu. I think it was New Year's 17. There have been some good versions here and there. But this was like, they got into this like muddy territory towards the tail end of the jam that I just, I can't get enough of. I've listened to it a couple of times and I really dug it. one all picked out and i i'm I'm calling an audible to be honest with you (laughs) i I was gonna come in here and just you know attendance bias the hell out of this thing and repeat my exhortation that you should listen to the charlottesville carini because it's great and it is but if i had to take just one thing from this tour and all apologies to the outstanding amazing horn section by the way, first of all, of course, if I had to take just one thing, it would be a crime in itself. Uh, I got to go with the MoMA dance from Asheville. That jam is amazing. It yeah. builds to, I think you wrote to me, uh, you know, you called it a like wall of sound peak. And I don't think you mean Grateful Dead's wall of sound. I think you mean it is a sound yeah. barrier that they push through. It just builds into this cacophonous intensity that is... It's phenomenal, and it's not like anything, as you said at the top of this, not like anything we've heard from Tab in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Goddamn. It's good. Yeah, I went back and listened to a show that I would just recommend to any of our listeners out there. Um, 
October 23rd, 2006. I believe I'm getting that date right. It's from the Fox Theater in Boulder, Colorado. Um, Side note, all tab shows are available on the jam streams app if you have not if you're not a subscriber to that i would encourage everyone to download that app immediately it's where you hear all 2001 2002 2003 2006 tab um he was playing with a different drummer and a different keyboardist at the time i'm blanking on the names but jen hartswick was in the band i believe tony markellis was in the band as well um Obviously a darkened fall for Trey for a lot of reasons, but the music that was coming out of him was incredible. And there is a, there's a money, love and change and a night speaks to a woman from that show that both exceed 27 minutes and both are two of the strongest Trey jams I've, I've ever heard. So, um, what we've heard these last, the reason I bring it up is what we've heard these last two shows and potentially we'll hear for the final, I think four or five shows of the tour. Um, are in line with that and that level of creativity and that level of just determination from Trey. So I'm really excited about where we're at. Um, obviously Jen, Natalie, Kachima, uh, stepping aside have put a slight damper on the tour. And from a public health standpoint, obviously James, um, you said it at the top, but we wish you nothing but the best cancer diagnosis is no fun. And, uh, sincerely hoping it sounds like, like like he has a good prognosis and he's getting really good care. Sincerely hope that he's able to rejoin the band when they tour again, I'm guessing in 2022. Um, but for right now, Trey is making like the best lemonade that you've ever had in your entire life and is saying, I think he realizes it. This is so unique that he has a chance to continue to play on stage. A year ago right now, this was not happening. And we were just on the precipice of him playing in an empty theater and streaming out to us on our couches. Like the dude seems to know how lucky he is to walk on stage each night, each night. And it's, sh- it's showing in the music. He really does. You know, there's something that we overlooked because I waved off doing a show by show breakdown. So I want to uh, circle all the way back to the Boston show and shout out Jeff Cressman, who sat in on trombone. Uh, to me, couldn't be there. Uh, Jeff came down, that's, uh, Natalie's pops, you know, like, and also on trombone and it's, it's great. The horn stuff all through that show is outstanding. Yeah. He is a great player and it's uh, what a, what a kind of cool thing that must be for Natalie to get to do this thing that she's been doing for a while with her dad out there. So that's just awesome. Uh, the playing is really good. Everybody should, um, you know, make sure you check that out for just for that. It's a it is a novelty, but not in that it is you know not as good as anything else. It's actually a really outstanding show. Yeah, it's excellent. All of these are so. Um, yeah, I was thrilled to to hear that hold up so well. Yeah, it's great. It's uh, like like we've been saying. I feel really lucky with what we're hearing from from Tab and um, anyone who's going to see Tab over the next uh, couple of days. I am just extremely jealous. I know that Trey is going to be playing at the Anthem in DC, which is a fantastic venue, and then closing out at Radio City, which uh, I'm just going to admit my ignorance. I have no idea the last time that Trey performed at Radio City, and I'm I'm really excited to hear these shows. I have some friends who are going to the Anthem on Friday night. Y'all have a good time. I have friends who were with me in Charlottesville, and as we walked out, he said, I think I'm going to have to go to Anthem. It's that good. Um, and I kind of want to go there myself, <laughs> uh, unfortunately. Got stuff going on. I can't make it. But uh, everybody out there, if you're going to catch them, have a good time. If you aren't going to catch them, enjoy the uh, enjoy the shows online. Listen to the stuff on Live Fish. Good recommendation for Jam Streams app for the uh, the old school tab stuff. It is a you know handy little app for all that stuff. I found the Merriweather show from 2002 where I saw that 39 minute was a money love and change yeah. I talked about earlier is on there. Wow. Um, <laughs> and I think that's it. We, I, I guess we want to thank uh, shift genuine cannabis once again for, yeah. uh, for everything they do. Yeah. Thank you for sponsoring, uh, H, uh, HF pod on tour, HF pod weekly, whatever we're calling this right now. And, uh, please visit shift 
cannabis.com for all your cannabis needs here in the lovely state of Colorado. We'll have more information just with regards to our partnership with Shift Genuine Cannabis here in the coming weeks. We have some live shows that are coming up here for fall tour. Um, and we will be back next Tuesday with, um, I'm not going to give it away, but it's going to be a really fascinating conversation. We've been talking on Slack for the last week to 10 days about what we're going to be discussing. Um, we're going to do a history jump back. Uh, I won't give it away what it is. I want to leave you all to be surprised. Yeah, you're like right there on the edge, right man. on the just edge. Like, I will just say I've been really much. enjoying the music I've been listening to the last couple of days, as I'm guessing that you have as well. Oh, I haven't started. No, I've, I'm a busy man. <laughs> I got it on in the background whenever I'm going and it's, I'm excited for us to get into our discussion. So we will see you all next Tuesday. Thanks. Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenged Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks with Johnny, streaming everywhere now. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast. A songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts, and new episodes come out every Monday.